Let's read, first of all, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, to get the text on our mind. And then we'll go back to Genesis chapter 12. Starting at Hebrews 11, we'll read just the 8th verse, which is our text for the sermon this evening. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. With that in mind, now let's go back to Genesis chapter 12 and read the historical account of this call. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sychem, unto the plain of Morah. And the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarai his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon, Therefore it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. And it came to pass, that when Abram was come into Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman, that she was very fair. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And he entreated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and he asses and men servants and maid servants and she asses and camels. 
And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why saidst thou she is my sister? So I might have taken her to me to wife. Now therefore behold thy wife. Take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away, and his wife, and all that he had. Thus far we read God's holy and inspired word. May God add his blessing upon the reading of his holy scriptures. Beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, a central idea of the verse that we consider this night from Hebrews chapter 11 is the idea of a call. Abraham was called. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. This idea of a calling has much speculation about it. There is much variety from one Christian to the next as far as what constitutes a call. And even with regard to the question of who may receive a call There's found among some the mentality that only certain people receive callings. A minister is called. Teachers are called. But then they would prefer to speak of others as having a vocation instead of a calling. So some would have what I would call a rather narrow understanding of a call. Others take a quite broad idea of a call. They can paint with broad brush strokes what they judge to be a calling, that the Lord is calling me to do this. The Lord called me to bring this word unto you. Or the Lord called me to go on this or that trip. And so there is this wide spectrum, even among Christians, of what constitutes a call and and who is it that receives a calling. Young people and young adults wrestle with this thought of, what is my calling? That is to say, what is the work to which the Lord is calling me? Is the Lord calling me to continue my education after high school, to go to college? Is the Lord calling me to enter the workforce? If the Lord is calling me in that direction, then what vocation, what specific work am I called to do? Calling. What is a calling? And how do we know 
if the Lord is indeed calling us. Many of these things are rather subjective and cannot be answered fully. But what we can do is look at the example of a man whom we know was called Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. We can see what this calling meant for Abraham. How it disrupted his life as he had formerly known it. We could see how difficult this calling was for Abraham. But we can also see the goodness of God as God led Abraham through that calling to a place that he would after receive for an inheritance. Abraham went out. First, we'll look at the call that was given him. Second, the response that Abraham had. And then third, the destination. This call that Abraham received was a call that came from God. This is not stated explicitly in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Hebrews 11, verse 8 states it in the passive voice that Abraham was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. But what is not made clear in Genesis, or excuse me, in Hebrews chapter 11 is made clear in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12 verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. That's the first thing of significance that we want to note here with regard to this call that Abraham received. This call was given unto him by the almighty and infinitely exalted Lord of hosts. God was the one who came unto Abraham as Abraham lived in Ur of Chaldees, And God addressed His servant Abraham, and God spoke unto him, saying, Get thee out of this land, out of this country, and go unto a land that I will show unto thee. And that's important here that we understand that this call came from God Himself. The significance is this, beloved. This means that the call that was issued unto Abraham was a call that had already existed in the mind of God. 
God from all eternity, before He had created the heavens and the earth, before He had given Abraham life in that city Ur of Chaldees, God had already intended, according to His everlasting counsel, that God would take Abraham out of Ur of Chaldees, and God would bring Abraham into that land of Canaan. God, according to His eternal counsel, had determined that He would make out of Abraham a great nation. God, according to His eternal counsel, had determined that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would come forth from the loins of Abraham's offspring. God determined that Abraham would be the father of God's covenant people. All of this existed already in eternity in the mind, the will of God. Then, in time, God came unto Abraham And God told Abraham, get out. Go away from Ur of Chaldees. Go away from your kindred, from your country, from your family. And go into a place that I will show you is yours. This call that God gave unto Abraham did not in any way conflict with what was the eternal and unchangeable counsel of God. But rather, this call that was given unto Abraham was in accord with God's holy will. And we can go one step further. Not only was this call in accord with God's will, but this was the revelation of God's will. God was beginning to reveal unto Abraham that God had a plan. God was going to do great things with Abraham. Did Abraham understand all of that yet? No. Had Abraham lived a childhood in Ur that was markedly different from any of the other children in that city? Had Abraham known from his youth that he was going to be the father of some great nation? No, Abraham could not and did not know that. But when God came unto Abraham, God began to reveal unto Abraham what was God's good will. For Abraham. And I believe that's so important as we consider this idea of what God's calling is. You see, so often when we think about calling, we think we immediately go to this idea of action. That God is calling me to action. I have to do this. I have to do that. There's some activity that's involved here. And yes, there is activity, and we're going to look at that later on, that Abraham, in obedience to God's call, he went out, he sojourned. 
but to something even more basic here, more fundamental than the activity that follows the call. And that which is more fundamental is this, when God gives a call, God is revealing something of His holy will and of His holy counsel. God, when God gives unto you and unto me a calling, God is not revealing everything about His holy will unto us. Just as God did not reveal unto Abraham everything that was God's holy will, but God is revealing unto us a little bit, a glimpse into what is God's good pleasure and God's good design for our lives. And so should God give unto you or unto me a calling, that calling always must be understood as this is God revealing something unto me of what is His will. Now, how did, how did Abraham know this? How was Abraham, Abraham able to know that God Himself called him out? Somehow he knew. It wasn't just his conscience telling him, I should do this or I should do that. It wasn't just an inner voice. But somehow, Abraham knew. Genesis 12, verse 1 helps us know how Abraham knew. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham. That's how Abraham knew. God, in some way, came unto Abraham, and God spoke unto Abraham, and God revealed unto Abraham what was God's will. The way that God is pleased to reveal His will unto His people is through God's speech. And what is the Word of God but this, do you want to know what is God's will for your life? Do you want to get a glimpse into what is God's eternal and unchangeable good counsel? Do you want to begin to understand what God's plan is for your life? Then this book right here, the Word of God, is where we begin to understand what is God's holy and just will. The Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. This calling that God gave unto Abraham was a difficult one. And I hope we can begin this evening to, as it were, walk a mile in Abraham's shoes and begin to understand just a little bit some of the difficulty of this calling that God gave unto His servant 
As we said, Abraham grew up in Ur of Chaldees. Ur of Chaldees is located in Mesopotamia. Ur is right by the two rivers. There's a land between the two rivers, which was a very fertile farming land. Ur of Chaldees is located right by where those two rivers join together, the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. Likely, Ur of Chaldees would have been a very good area for farming, given that it was located right by where those two rivers joined together. That area, the land between the two rivers, was known for its good farming area. The crops could grow up well there. Abraham was comfortable there. Abraham had enjoyed a certain measure of earthly success there. He was a wealthy individual. Abraham's family lived there. And now God came unto Abraham, and two things about this calling that God gave unto Abraham made that calling difficult for him. The first part of the difficulty was the fact that God said, get out. Leave behind this place. And the second part of the difficulty was God did not tell Abraham immediately where Abraham would be going. God did not give Abraham the destination. Abraham went out not knowing whither he went. Both of those things add to the level of the difficulty here for Abraham to obey this calling that God gave unto him. God said in Genesis 12, verse 1, Get thee out from thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house. Out from thy country. The country is where one's citizenship is at. And one can take great pride in the country in which they have their citizenship. It's within that country that they learn the language and the culture and the customs of the people within that country. And so some can be fiercely loyal unto their country. I made the mistake in the past of talking to immigrants from Holland and saying, oh, so you're Dutch? No, I'm Fries. People are fiercely protective about what country they come from. We develop attachments to our country. We can love, in an earthly sense, love the country and be thankful for the country in which we live. And now God told Abraham, get out. Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, and from thy father's house. To where? To a destination unknown. Children, imagine with me that your dad told you that after church tonight you are to pack up your earthly belongings. You're going on a trip. But when will we return from this trip? You won't. 
This trip will go for the rest of your life. But where are we going on this trip? I cannot tell you. Pack up all your belongings. Be ready to go. You will never come back. God called Abraham to a difficult, lonely journey away from all that he was comfortable and familiar with to go unto a land that God would later reveal unto him where he was going. And how often is not that the case, beloved, as we reflect on the callings that God gives unto us. God is not pleased, as a general rule, to give unto us easy callings. But the will of God is that we would walk down the road of self-denial. That we would make sacrifices for the good of others that we would have patient endurance and daily cross-bearing as we go through this earthly pilgrimage. The difficult calling that God gives to you as parents, as employees, as those who labor for the school, for the church, in the workforce, is not a unique calling with regard to its difficulty, but it is generally God's will that Christians bear up under heavy burdens. Jesus said in the New Testament, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Matthew 10, 37-38. God's calling to Abraham was, go out. And in that calling that God gave unto Abraham, God was giving unto Abraham a picture of the calling that God gives unto the New Testament church to be separate from the world. In the world, but not of the world. And how difficult that is for the Christian to go out and be separate from all that is ungodly. And then God called Abraham to a place unknown. And how often is not that the case for you and for me? God calls us into places where we do not know what is going on. To happen? What will be the outcome 
of this or that calling that we begin. And because we don't know the outcome of this calling, then we become afraid of it. You see, if we could understand, if we could know ahead of time what the outcome, what the result of this calling would be, well, then we wouldn't have to have so much fear as we entered into this calling. But God is not pleased to give unto us to know at the beginning of the calling what will be the end of the calling. Abraham went out. He began obedience to the calling, but he didn't know the ending. He did not know where God would have him end up. And how often is not that the case in your experiences upon this earth? Marriage, getting married, an entrance into, in many ways, the unknown. You don't know what your spouse is going to be like one year, five years, ten years down the road. Having children. I didn't have a clue what it meant to be a parent a year ago. And now God is opening up my eyes to see what this means to be a parent. An entrance into the unknown. How difficult these callings are when God does not give unto us at the outset of that calling what the conclusion of the matter will be. How did Abraham respond? Hebrews 11 makes clear that the response of Abraham was one of humble obedience. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out. How significant are those words? Abraham obeyed. And he went out. How much of the rest of Old Testament history does not hinge upon those very words? Abraham obeyed. And he went out. There would be no land of promise. There would be no Jacob. Isaac, twelve sons of Jacob. There would be no Messiah, no mediator, no Emmanuel from a human point of view if there was not these words in Holy Scripture. Abraham obeyed and he went out. Obedience. What is it? We heard about it this morning. We're reminded again this evening that obedience means that I perform the will of another individual. For there to be obedience, there must first of all be instruction. Abraham had to know what was the will of God. For there to be obedience, there had to be compliance, a willingness 
on behalf of Abraham to have his will be in accord with what was God's will. And for there to be obedience, there had to be ability. Abraham needed to have strength to pack up his belongings and to go on this hundreds of mile long journey to an unknown destination. Obedience requires all three. Instruction on behalf of the one who is giving the call. A willingness to hearken to that call. And then the ability to be able to execute and carry out that which is the call. Abraham obeyed. Whom did he obey? We said already that the Lord was the one who gave him the calling. And so now even the children understand that the Lord is the one whom Abraham obeyed. God gave the call and Abraham obeyed God's call. That Abraham obeyed the call that God gave unto him means then, does it not, that there was an imbalance in power here in this relationship. God was the one who extended this calling unto Abraham, and Abraham, who is of this earth earthy, was the one who received that call and then who submitted unto that call. And no one would contest that God who issued that call unto Abraham had infinitely more power than what mere earthly and mortal Abraham had. And yet, strikingly, Abraham does not object to the fact that there is this imbalance in power. And that's noteworthy because, again, of of what the world teaches about power. The world would have us believe that all power should be equal. And there ought to be no imbalance of power upon this earth. Nobody else should have a greater amount of power and nobody should have a lesser amount of power. But all voices should have equal power and equal authority. The women's rights movement has championed this idea that all voices are equal and don't you dare suggest that God gives more power to the husband than to the man. A greater evil could hardly be imagined than to suggest that there is an imbalance of power that God gives to some greater power and others lesser power. In this relationship, Abraham understood he had less power, significantly less power. But Abraham didn't balk at that. Abraham didn't say, unfair, you have all the power and I don't have any power in this relationship. And so until there's an equaling out here of the amount of power that is had in this relationship, I'm not going to obey. Abraham understood 
that God had infinitely more power than him. And yet, Abraham obeyed. The only possibility of this obedience is faith. Faith. By faith, Abraham, and then there is a parenthetical insertion, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, obeyed. If you take out the insertion, by faith, Abraham obeyed. It was because of faith that Abraham went out. If Abraham had not had faith, Abraham would never have packed up his belongings and began that long and arduous trek to the land of Canaan. Faith is the explanation for Abraham's obedience. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Verse 6, For he that cometh to God, must believe that He is, that God is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Without faith, Abraham would have stayed back in what was comfortable for him. Without faith, Abraham would have stayed with his country, with his kindred, or the culture and the language, and the surroundings were those that he was already familiar with. But by faith, Abraham went out. Would you obey God's callings? Would you obey God's difficult callings? The only way that obedience to God's callings happens is by faith. Without faith, there is no obedience to the revealed will of the Lord. Faith. What's the power of faith? Why does faith explain the fact that Abraham was able to hear God's command and hearken unto God's command. What about faith is so special that by faith he could obey this call that God gave unto him? Faith believes. That's the first part of the answer. Faith believes what the natural senses cannot perceive. That's why Abraham was able to go out, because faith believes what the natural senses cannot perceive. Faith, according to the first verse of Hebrews 11, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Abraham could not see the destination that God had in mind for him. Abraham did not know where God was going to bring him. But faith 
is the substance of things hoped for, and faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith does not demand of God a logical explanation for everything that happens in my life. Because faith believes the things which are not seen. This is not to say that faith is illogical. This is not to say that faith is not governed by and guided by the Word of God as God reveals Himself to us in the Holy Scriptures. But this is to say that faith does not demand of God a logical explanation for every calling that God gives unto us in our lives. There are times where God says, get out. Go away from your country, your kindred, and go to a place that I will show unto you later on. And faith does not demand of God an explanation for it. Faith believes what the eye cannot see. Second, what about faith makes it so special that by faith Abraham believed? This is true as well. Faith is guided by the Word of God. Always, faith is shaped by the revelation of God in the Holy Scriptures. You see, it's not entirely accurate to say of Abraham that as Abraham went out from Ur of Chaldees unto the land of promise, that Abraham was guided by a blind faith. Abraham wasn't walking blindly in that track. But instead, Abraham was being guided by something. And what was it that guided Abraham? It was none other than the voice of God Himself. And the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out and go. And that voice of the Lord directed Abraham and guided Abraham so that even though he did not know what was the final destination of his journey, yet Abraham's pilgrimage was guided by the voice of God. And so it is then for you and for me. Although God is no longer pleased to speak directly to His people as God spoke directly unto Abraham, yet God has not left us without His voice. God gives us His Word. And as we read that Word and meditate upon the truths of that Word, that Word enters into us and that Word does not return unto God void. But that Word, as that Word finds entrance into our hearts, is a power. It's an unstoppable power as the Holy Spirit takes that Word and the Spirit presses the Word of God upon the hearts of God's children. 
so that as our faith is shaped by the Word of God and lives out of the Word of God, then the Spirit gives unto us the strength to obey God's oftentimes difficult, difficult callings by faith. Abraham obeyed. The destination that God had in store for Abraham is described this way. To a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. A place that he would receive for an inheritance. That's where God was leading Abraham Not to a place where he would have nothing. Not to a place where he would be far from God. But God called him to go to a place that he would receive for inheritance. A gift that God would give freely unto Abraham. Now if we put ourselves back in the shoes of Abraham again, we might imagine that Abraham could have had a counteroffer to God. Okay, I'll take the inheritance, but let my inheritance be here in Ur of Chaldees. Give me a place somewhere within the proximity of my country, my kindred, my family, so that I don't have to give up every earthly comfort in order to travel to this foreign place called Canaan. We could well imagine that Abraham would have, by nature, been less than excited about this idea of receiving an inheritance way out there in the land of Canaan, once he figured out it was Canaan. Why Canaan? Why not Ur? From an agricultural perspective, Ur probably would have been preferred situated next to the two rivers, better crops, more sheep, more oxen. Why am I being moved out to this place that I'm going to receive for an inheritance which is more of an arid, dry climate? What is so special about this inheritance that God had for Abraham? The uniqueness and the blessing of the inheritance is this, that it was there in Canaan that God would dwell with Abraham. It was in Canaan that God would be unto Abraham a covenant God. It was there in Canaan that God would make out of Abraham's generations a great and a mighty nation. And it was there in Canaan that Abraham would build an altar unto the Lord and worship the Lord. And it was there in Canaan many hundreds of years later that the Ark of the Covenant 
would rest. That place where God fellowshiped with His people. And it was there in that land of Canaan that David would establish the walls and the borders of that kingdom. And it was there in the land of Canaan that David's son Solomon would construct this beautiful building called the temple. And that there in the temple, God's children would have the privilege of entering in and offering their sacrifices unto the Lord. It was there in this place that Abraham would after receive for an inheritance that God would be pleased to fellowship with His covenant people and give unto them the blessings, the rich blessings that God had in store for them. That's what made Canaan so special and so significant. Not because this place called Canaan stood out from all the other nations of the earth, but because God would be pleased to dwell with His people there. Always. That is the nature of God's callings to you and to me. God never calls His children to a place where they are far removed from fellowshipping with God. But even if it is God's will that we go down a long and difficult journey, even as Abraham did, and even if it is God's will that as we go on that pilgrimage we feel very lonely. We've left behind kindred and family. Always the will of God for His children is that the destination is fellowship with God. When would Abraham receive this inheritance after. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. After Abraham walked the hundreds of miles to a place unknown. After Abraham lived in tents as a stranger and as a foreigner. And yet even then, in Abraham's lifetime, he did not receive the full inheritance. Did he not? There was that squabble that he had with his nephew Lot. So they had to divvy up the land. So Abraham got part and Lot got part. And then there was throughout all of Abraham's lifetime, Canaanites who still occupied part of the land. And so it was not during Abraham's lifetime that he would receive the full inheritance. But they'd have to wait hundreds of years later until David became king. 
And then David would drive out the enemies out of the land so that the full land of Canaan was now in the possession of God's people. And David would then build the strong walls to protect that nation. But even then it wasn't fulfilled yet because there was no temple. So then Solomon was needed in order that the temple could be constructed and the people could have a place to worship God. But even then, they did not yet receive the ultimate fulfillment. Why not? Because the place that Abraham would after receive for an inheritance was not ultimately the land of Canaan. But it was that of which Canaan is a type. Heaven. That's the land that Abraham would after receive for an inheritance. To enter heaven there had to come the Messiah the one who could drive out all of the enemies of the church, the one who could establish the walls, the boundaries that would protect the church, the one who would give unto the church the full inheritance, rich and free. And the only one who could give that type of inheritance unto God's people was His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. After the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus, God gives unto His people the land, the heavenly land, that they receive as an inheritance. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father which art in heaven, how great Thou art, and how good Thou art. Thy ways, we confess, are oftentimes beyond our ways. Thy way is through the mighty waters, deep, and broad, and who can understand thy dealings with us? So may we with deepest humility adore thy righteous judgments. May we be given an attitude of submissiveness and obedience unto thee, even as our spiritual father Abraham obeyed, and he went out, not knowing where he was going, but confident that thou wouldst lead him by thy word. Forgive the sins of this worship service gone by, and send us home with thy blessing. Bless us throughout the week ahead, for Jesus' sake, amen.